When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars welcome into studio a of our chgo offices in the west loop of chicago i'm your host sean anderson you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson alongside me as always is herb lawrence hello he is the chgo white Sox community leader you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall 23 jake saying intro music still slaps even after a 10 run loss it's true i mean no matter what uh, whether it's the 30 or like 40 seconds intro before our actually or actual intro music or our actual intro music to the CHGO White Sox pod, uh, podcast, it always gets me hyped up. We have great music. Slaps uh, for Uncle Herb. That it does means good. Yes. Okay. Thank you, young it, so, fellows. I, I, you know, to use it as like a, in a sentence for your Herb, uh, like, uh, you know, you like Tribe Called Quest, right? I do like. I Tribe would Quest. say that Tribe Called Quest song slaps. Okay. Okay. Right, maybe I, maybe I uh, Uncle Herb, that Frank Sinatra song, slaps. Not that old. Oh, okay. um, we would say, man, that's a cut. That's my yeah. Dude. That's my shit. Okay. It slaps. I guess you get. I get you, kids. Good job, Jake. Yeah. Uh, the, what also slaps is the uh, Red Sox offense. Uh, oh. Sixteen to seven, they beat the White Sox. White Sox fall to twenty-two and twenty-two on the season. Back at five hundred again. A lot of different things that we can talk about in this game. The White Sox offense showed up, and Dallas Keuchel stunk it up. Uh, and a lot of different things too. Uh, we we had a little bit of uh, some some bullpen discrepancies, some bullpen disagreements that we can get into. And uh, Jason also says it right there it's the most recent comment Andrew Vaughn is easily the highlight of the night for the Sox do we want to start with the good and then go with the bad yeah because there's a lot of bad there's very little good <laughs> all right well let's start with Andrew Vaughn uh, I, I said it to you before uh, the start of the season on some CHGO predictions that he will be the second productive hitter the second most productive hitter for the White Sox in 2022 behind Luis Robert and mm. Herb that prediction might just be wrong because of the Luis Robert part it might be uh, behind Tim Andrew but Andrew Vaughn drove in five runs today for the White Sox. He had a home run and a bases-clearing double. He had a fantastic, fantastic game at the plate today. And his most impressive at-bat might have been his first at-bat where he flied out. He hit a ball that we clearly thought was a home run that uh, Verdugo tried to catch off the uh, railing, off the uh, netting there. And then eventually, after a 10-pitch at-bat, uh, he went out to Verdugo again and a weak fly ball to left field. But then the double down 
right field line was a rocket shot to score the three runs with the bases loaded. With the White Sox being really bad at scoring runs with the bases loaded, that was a good thing to see, even though they're down six to nothing at the time. And then that home run, mercy. I tell you what. Andrew Vaughn, it's like I say it every goddamn show, Sean. <laughs> he should be starting every single game unless he's tired and or hurt. That's it. And batting at the top of the lineup. Mm-hmm. You guys remember right. that some bitch was batting eighth or ninth like a week ago. Eighth or well, ninth. I, I, Monday. Monday, Sunday. Was he not batting eighth on Sunday against the Yankees? This is ridiculous. Like, we all knew it was a mistake at the time. That guy should be always batting at the top four or five of a lineup. Even when the White Sox are at their full strength, he should be at the top because he's that good of a hitter, like you said at the beginning of the year. He's going to be one of the most productive offensive weapons the White Sox do have. Yeah, game two uh, against the Yankees, he bat. Uh, he was slotted in in that eighth spot, spot and went two for three uh, in that game with an RBI. So, I mean, he's, he's been producing this entire season. Now on the season, now on the season, Andrew Vaughn is hitting 292, 349, and slugging 500. Uh, really ridiculous stuff so far for Andrew Vaughn. And I, I think, too, I want to go to the first at-bat you talked about. In his first two at-bats, he saw 15 pitches. And something we've been mentioning, too, is something that needs to come around for this team in general is the walks. They did end up walking five times today. A lot of those were garbage time walks, if you want to call that a thing. But Andrew Vaughn is a guy that I thought really needs to start picking up his plate discipline. And this is something he showed today uh, in the first two at-bats he had he saw 15 pitches. Like Herb said, he ends up flying out in after the first one, but gets it to a 3-2 count. Um, and just a, a beautiful job. I mean, he's fighting off change-ups inside. He's, he's working uh, cutters away, uh, uh, off. He, he's working fastballs off. Um, he sees all of these pitches. He sees the full gambit, basically, from Michael Walker outside of the curveball. And then at bat number three, here comes a cutter for Andrew Vaughn, and he takes it out into left center. It was awesome to see dead red cutter. Um, and that's kind of just the the idea that Herb is something that he's been great at this entire season is once he sees a guy after the first time, after the second time, if he sees a guy for the third time, he has just shown so much maturity uh, to really, you know, level out some damage. It, it's been really great to see Andrew Vaughn's maturity at the plate. It's very, it's a rare thing to do. We saw early Jose Abreu do that sometimes within a same at bat when he was a rookie of the year. Now Andrew Vaughn showing you that you're not going to get him out the same way two times in at bat, and then he has what a a huge uh, OPS plus when he sees a guy for the second and third time uh, in a in a game. So yes, Andrew Vaughn is showing you that he's a mature hitter that he is probably one of our best hitters. If I'm not our best hitter, I know Timmy yeah, is more Tim consistent. Is, yeah. But, like, if it was games online, if you need a ball to be driven over the fence, I'm thinking a little bit more about Andrew Vaughn than Tim Anderson or a guy that's going to work a count, too. So Andrew Vaughn's going to turn himself into a guy that's going to make a lot of money in this league. Luckily, the Sox didn't play any games with him and manipulated his service time last year, just got him right into the game. So... I would be working on him on extension for that guy because he's coming. Right. <laughs> like, get him cheap now, Rick Hahn. If you want to do that thing you, you do where you sign guys before they hit the actual market, sign Andrew Vaughn right now. I think it's a good shot that he's going to be good for 
years to come. And I know that it's it's most hitters are, are best when they see a hitter uh, through their first time, through their second time, through their third time. Uh, but it, it is just impressive to see Andrew Vaughn's career stats First time through the order versus facing a starting pitcher, 260, uh, sorry, not 264, that's his on-base percentage. Uh, but for the first time facing an opponent in a game for a starting pitcher, his batting average is 177, his on-base percentage 264, his slugging percentage 315 for an OPS of 579. Second time facing an opponent in a game, a starting pitcher in a game, 257 batting average, 339 OBP, a slugging of 376 for an OPS of 715. So he goes from 579 to 715. And then third time through the order, 308, 327. And get this, friends, 654 slugging for an OPS of 981. So he goes from 579 to 715 to 981. And again, third time he seems to walk today, he takes him deep. And that's exactly why Andrew Vaughn should be hitting at the top of the lineup mm-hmm. because very get rare the opportunity to see exactly see guys very more. rare where an eighth guy get a third at bat versus a starting pitcher unless that starting pitcher is mowing down people. He got that at bat and he crushed Michael Walker. And Michael Walker, this is his first time he's given up two or more runs in any of the starts that he's had this year. So. We did have good plans versus Michael Walker. Mostly it was because of Andrew Vaughn's execution at the plate. So it's good to see. That's a good thing that happened in this game. That's probably about it. I mean, it was it was good to see. I mean, the, the White Sox did well against a right-handed starting pitcher tonight. You can say that. I mean, the offense, you see seven runs. They should win most games when they win, score seven or more runs. Uh, and, and it's kind of ridiculous now that I think this is at least the second game where they've scored seven or more runs and have lost that game. The other one would be the, uh, the Cleveland game where they blew uh, a six-run lead in the ninth inning. I mean, it, it's just frustrating to have an output like this because, again, the offense – Performed tonight, and we've seen in the first game, uh, you know, obviously the, the pitching really didn't perform. Cease got knocked around, but still 16-3. to three. Uh, You still wanted a little bit more punch from the offense in that game. Yesterday, you only got three runs. You got seven runs today. I mean, you know, for the most part, it feels like the offense is kind of getting their footing a little bit here. Yeah, and it's good to see that they saw six on the opposing ledger, and they didn't just give up. They didn't just say, oh, okay, Dallas gave us no chance to win today. And, you know, probably they went into the game like that, like, you know, like I did. I was like, Dallas is going to lose this game. Michael Walker's giving up a sub-two ERA. It's over. And then they give up six in the two innings. And the White Sox, for giving them credit, they battled back and got into the game and made it a close game within two runs late in the game. And I know – We'll get to those decisions by Tony LaRussa. Surprise, surprise, Herb has a different opinion than most of you guys out yeah, there. Yeah, look at that. And, uh, about Tony LaRussa. Shout out to Jack for saying uh, the Yankee game 14-7. to So I guess that's three games right there where the White Sox have scored three runs, or, or uh, three games where they've scored seven or more runs and have lost that game. Uh, that That's just extremely, extremely uh, frustrating. And it's frustrating because, you know, you got Zach fake name saying uh, Sox are a fake team, man. And you have David uh, Barista saying torches or forks. Uh, you know, I mean, w- which one sounds better right now, torches or pitchforks? I, I don't want to get too amped up. 44 games in the season. They're 22 and 22. Uh, this would have been a nice win to have. You know, you have the Minnesota Twins losing to the Royals. They kind of give you a win right there. They give you a leg up, and you're not able to take it. Um, but the, the frustrating part about this game, Herb, I think is just, you know, Dallas Keuchel didn't give you a chance from the get-go. No, and Mailman Jack is so sick of Fort Worth Keuchel. It's <laughs> not, I mean, Fort Worth is a little too good for Dallas right there. 
I would call him like Nachadocious Keiko. He was terrible today. Just absolutely. Just that's a, another town in Texas. Okay. Um, he was just awful today, and it's not his fault. He doesn't have it. You mean they gave him the contract? I thought he would be better this year because last year he said he had a back problem. Now this year I was like, all right, you had a nice off season, got married, back problems are gonna be subsided, which they never do. Back problems usually yeah. persist. Um, but I, I, he better have a back problem because otherwise he's just toast. We all I, see it. We all know it. And it's going to be hard for Rick Hahn and, and Jerry Reinsdorf to let him go. I would easily let him go because it's a sunk cost. You're going to be paying him $18 million no matter what. Pay him $18 million not to be on your team because right now he's hurting your team much more than he's helping your team, much more. I would rather him be on some other team facing the White Sox than on the White Sox pitching this poorly, giving your team out the gate no chance to win, and then putting your bullpen in flux. And so when you do come back, you have very hard decisions to make of putting in Tanner Banks or putting in Bennett Susan or, or other people. So, yes, this is this should be Dallas Keuchel's last start as a White Sox pitcher. Now, I don't know if he just goes to the bullpen, but he shouldn't start another game for the White Sox. Not one. I don't care if they don't have another pitcher available. Find one in the minor leagues. Who's the pitcher we just saw down in the minor leagues? Davis, Davis, Davis Martin. Martin. Yeah. I would much rather see Davis Martin give up more runs than see Dallas Keuchel pitch ever again for the White Sox. And it's not because the guy's a bad guy. He's not a great guy, but he's not. I don't dislike the person. I just dislike the pitcher. The pitcher is toast, gone, and he needs to go somewhere else, No, somebody else's team. And Rick Hahn has to see that. He has to beg Jerry to let him do it. Otherwise, why is he there? Well, the hopefully, I, I think we can all agree that it's a sunk cost. I think that we had the feeling going into the year that it was going to be a sunk cost of $18.5 million. I see Fred saying $55 million might be the worst contract in team history. It is tough to find innings in the major leagues. He gave you two years of decent work. He, he wasn't great. Obviously, he didn't make the playoff roster last year, but... It, it's not the worst contract in team history. I, I think that's going a little bit too far. Adam Dunn, is, it was pretty damn bad. Adam LaRoche was bad, too. Adam LaRoche was pretty bad, right? I, I think that the idea, though, and the frustration is, you know, a lot of people keep saying it, is a World Series team, and you can't have a pitcher that has a 788 ERA on it. And then that's truly what it is. The White Sox have been trying to find some length to bridge the gap to get to Lance Lynn. And I think that they are trying to crawl with Dallas Keuchel, trying to get them there, getting a 3-2 to victory over the Red Sox, getting a victory with him on the bump when you face the Yankees, right? They're just trying to crawl to the, the finish line with him. He's done, though. Like I, they're 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 absolutely out of gas with Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I feel like tomorrow should be his last day with the White Sox. It just seems like the writing is on the wall, and it felt like the writing was on the wall when he gets a called strike on pitch one, and he throws the same exact pitch to Enrique Hernandez on the second pitch, and he just tattoos it into left field for a home run. It's not working anymore for Dallas Keuchel. It's eighteen and a half million dollars. There's no point to have his contract qualify for next year. Just end it. It, it. It's not going to help your team this year to keep him on for any longer. He's not going to be helped by uh, you know staying on this team for any longer. It just feels like it's the right time to go because you have Vince Velasquez who can get you, you know, the next two weeks to get you to Lancelin. 
And it looks like like the White Sox have given up a lot of home runs to Enrique Hernandez. He's got three in the year. Mm-hmm. Enrique's got two versus the White Sox in this series. Even Paul Wecky hit his first home run of the year, I believe, in the ninth inning versus Josh Harrison. And some people were talking about Josh Harrison should pitch over Keiko. Wouldn't be worse. Wouldn't be worse. I mean, hell, that man, ah, I feel sorry for him and his. Keiko? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got money to to soothe him. I got yeah, it, I people. But, you know, a guy just falling off the table like that after a so- sensational 2020 it must feel bad. And I know, you know, we're going to hear from Vinny. He's probably like, man, if the ball was, you know, stayed in the ballpark in that first pitch, I would have been all right. <laughs> you yeah. know, if I didn't give up six runs, I could have went to the third. I was mad when Tony took me out of the second after the second inning because I was rolling. I was starting to get get it going, guys. Jake's saying this is like John Danks all over again, except I actually feel bad for John Danks. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, John Danks was here for a long time. Dallas Keuchel was supposed to be, you know, maybe a John Lester-like piece uh, for the White Sox, kind of that finishing piece to the rotation. And, you know, he just hasn't lived up to that contract. If you want to say Dallas Keuchel hasn't lived up to the contract, uh, that's more than fair. Uh, I don't know if it's the worst contract in team history, uh, but even then, uh, it's a little bit uh, up here in the comments. Uh, sorry, I can't see the the, the name uh, Yakuchi. Uh, there's no way Keiko pitches in the bullpen. I can't imagine a situation where I'd want to see him on the mound in a safe situation for a team that struggles to score runs. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think that he's going to be worked into a bullpen role. It's not been in his past repertoire. He's never come out of the bullpen before. He's made $18 million as a starting pitcher this year. It would really be surprising to see him go to the bullpen and see really even see if the White Sox want him in the bullpen. Uh, he be- doesn't have his command. He doesn't have any of his stuff. There's nothing really there. Do you, in your heart of hearts, do you think Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf will DFA Dallas Keuchel? I think they have to. And I think if they don't, it's a really bad look. It's a really bad signal. At this point, you know, Josh Harrison and Leary Garcia underperforming at second base. Second base is a bad position, it right? Is. And, and, you know, you can call up uh, Yolbert Sanchez. You could call up Lennon Sosa. But there's no guarantee that those guys will be ready. Josh Harrison and Leary Garcia have proven that they've been able to go through the ups and downs of a major league season and at least been average throughout 162. I think you're probably going to get average play from Harrison and Garcia by the end of the year. But I, I just it doesn't feel like that's happening. I, I, I don't think that's coming around the, the corner for for Dallas Keuchel. And I, mean, I just think that, you know, you need to have a better outing each five days. And, you know, you're going to be paying him $18.5 million this year no matter what, whether he pitches to the end of the year for you and you don't put him on the playoff roster or if you go and, and cut him right now. And I think you're better off to win, you know, a, a, an actual World Series by cutting him now. Um, I don't... I don't see the benefit in keeping him around because you can't send him down to AAA. You can't put him in the bullpen. And if he makes another start, I might rip off what hair I have left uh, off my head. I was thinking something else. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going <laughs> to actually DFA Dallas. What, what, I, what else can they do? Yeah, Please I don't prove know. me wrong. Because I'm going to hear this, well, Dallas in innings, you know, he's a veteran, you know, gold glove, and he used to be a Cy Young. I'm going to hear that same garbage. Well, Dallas is one of the best seven pitchers we have as a starter. Like, choose one and get rid of the, the bad one. Please, Jesus. But I know that it's going to be a tough spill, pill to swallow. They're not the Mets. They're not Steve Cohn, where he's just like, yeah, that guy sucks. I'll eat that salary of, what, $40 million of Robinson Cano so he cannot play on my team 
this year. And my team can succeed, as you see the Mets are doing. But the White Sox are too worried about the bottom line and garbage like that. Instead of winning baseball games. That's a novel concept. Yeah, right. Fred's saying, think the Yankees or Dodgers would DFA them. Uh, damn right they, they would. Already, they would have already DFA'd them. Right, and, and, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I just, at this point, what are we looking for Dallas Keuchel? What are we looking from Dallas Keuchel? I don't think his ground ball rate is going to, you know, magically rebound. I don't think he's going to become uh, a guy that can find the zone and locate efi- effectively. Like, I think it's just done for him. I think that the writing's on the wall. You just, you got to stop paying the guy. And, you know, Tony doesn't trust Keuchel to go six innings. He absolutely doesn't. Uh, Keuchel saying, you know, I need to protect the the bullpen, uh, and that's why I need to go six innings. And here he come out and, you know, giving up six earned runs in two innings. Like, it's just not it anymore. Uh, and, and I think Davis Martin would at least be effective enough uh, to at least give you a different look. Vince Velasquez has been fine enough. Johnny Cueto has been fine enough. Uh, you know, Lance Lynn will be back soon enough. I, I do think that, you know, his days here are numbered for the Sox. Uh, Ernesto Hernandez saying uh, maybe they find a mysterious injury and place him on the IL. Uh, that just seems tough, though, right? Yeah, like, he's probably not going to go yeah. along with it. But... Tomorrow is a perfect day. Friday is a perfect day to DFA Dallas Keuchel. You do it at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, bury it uh, in a news cycle. No one's playing tomorrow, neither the Cubs nor the Sox. People like us and The Score and other radio stations would be like, oh, man, it's so late. And, you know, people would rejoice. It'll be a good thing. Most White Sox fans would be like, Thank Jesus. Finally, we do the right thing heading into a big series with the Cubs and then going into the AL East uh, road games with Toronto and Tampa Bay. Because if he's pitching in Toronto, they're going to murder him. Or Tampa, they're going to crush him. And then we're just wasting our bullpen. Then we have problems like we have today where we're arguing versus each other because we're like, Tony, fuck up today. No, Tony was good today. Like, you know, we're having these arguments for no reason because a shitty pitcher can only go two innings and give you six. I mean, give up six earned runs. That's just a thing that makes Tony and all the rest of the staff look bad when Dallas Keiko doesn't do his job. All I want is a fifth starter. I've told you time and time again, five innings of four earned runs or less. That's it. That's not a lot to ask for. That's the bare minimum. That is a, a shitty, shitty pitcher. If you are a five-inning four and runs or less guy. Like if you give up four on runs and you're only five innings, you're a terrible pitcher. Yeah. That's all I want. Well and he can't even get that. And you know too, it's just like what pitcher out there in major league baseball could give you five innings over thirty starts, you know, if you have known him for his entire career, you know that he probably needs to be managed, uh, his, his you know, innage, innings need to be managed and stuff, you know, uh, a guy that was likely in-house, you know, Carlos Rodon was here. Uh, guys, I, I, I know I keep bringing him up, uh, but he could have had Dallas Keuchel, he could have had Carlos Rodon, and I understand that Dallas Keuchel, you would need to cut his money and then still sign Carlos Rodon, uh, but it's just frustrating seeing him go out the door uh, when you could have easily had a, a fifth starter that was already on the team uh, this year and it's it's frustrating I want to go back up to a comment from Alec uh, he said uh, your guy Loho uh, keeps referring to you know most likely a phantom IL stint uh, I, I just don't see that happening what's the benefit to delaying the inevitable um, I, I really don't understand also in Alex saying Rodon won't pitch after July he literally pitched in September last year he also pitched in October 
were last year. So I don't understand that whole narrative. Uh, but with the Phantom IL stint for Keuchel, this is a guy that cannot get ground balls like he needs to at a rate he needs to to be successful. He's pitching behind one of the worst defense in Major League Baseball, if not the worst defense in Major League Baseball. It's a horrible, horrible just combination for him. He doesn't pitch fast. He's not showing any deception like Rich Hill is showing throughout his life. I was literally He's, about to say. Yeah. We know Mark Burley being this guy that works at this breakneck pace, right? Dallas Keuchel is one of the slowest workers in, in the White Sox right now for starting pitchers. He works slow. He can't command. He doesn't have a good defense behind him. He can't get a ground ball. He's not effective. Let's stop with the whole phantom IL stuff. Let's cut bait. Let's move on. I mean, this is a 2020, this is a 22 and 22 team, a 500 team after 44 games. Dallas Keuchel is not helping you win games, period. And I was just going to reference what this guy who's calling us is going to say when he met up with Dallas Keuchel and the assembled media and Tony LaRusa. But you got to do a read before yeah, we get to the Vader. best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. You make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t shirt from a CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live and play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. You can combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. Online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we will go out to Guaranteed Rate Field to welcome in the CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. And if you're looking to read Vinny's fantastic work, you could become a member at allchgo.com. You get premium written content for members. When you sign up to become a member, you get a free shirt of your choice, and you get access into our CHGO lounge. It's a members-only discord we get to talk to us the chgo personalities hi vinny fellas how are you yeah we've been better it's a long game vinny i don't care if they're telling Just, me but lose quicker <laughs> what time did you show up today uh what time did i get here like uh two two forty five ish yeah all right uh, so you've been there for nine hours geez. yeah that's fun, isn't it? Um, I'm guessing you talked to Dallas Keuchel and Tony Larusa after this one. Uh, what is the thought after Dallas's two inning outing? Uh, I mean, it's not good. No one's happy. It's uh, you know, Dallas is frustrated. Dallas is disappointed. Uh, Tony Larusa didn't really want to talk about the long term stuff, but I have a feeling that's all anybody cares about right now. Um, we just talked to Dallas. Uh, he's kind of known for for being pretty blunt, uh, and he was asked a pretty blunt question about whether he's you know. Re, you know, thinking about his spot in this rotation moving forward. Uh, and he basically said no. He basically said that, um, you know, he, he, he realizes what the results have been, that the last two outings have been really bad. But, uh, you know, he pointed out that he has kind of, he used the term, afforded myself some leeway, uh, you know, with some of the accomplishments that he's had throughout his career. And there's been a lot of them, no doubt about it. Um, 
being a veteran, being being a guy who's been there before, uh, he thinks that maybe he has has the ability to to take the time that he needs to get this figured out. And uh, you know, being the athlete who is um, confident in his ability and confident in the stuff that that got him to this point, uh, he thinks that it, things are going to turn around for him. Um, you know, the the numbers are the numbers, and they are really bad. Uh, you know, that ERA is up near eight. Uh, you know, we, we thought we saw the worst of his career last year. And to this point, this is blowing it out of the water. So, um, you know, I, I give Dallas credit for answering the questions for, for, for being confident in himself. Uh, but you do wonder with the, the things that the White Sox are trying to do this year, which is be the best team in baseball, win the world series. Um, how much longer can they afford to, to keep throwing him out there to do this kind of thing? And this is the problem. The two innings that he pitched and the six earned runs he gave up puts people like Tony LaRusa in a trick bag because later in the game, Sox are only down by two and they have limited options because they had to go to people like Raylo and other people in the game before they get to Tanner Banks in the seventh inning. Did Tony speak about that decision there? I thought it was the right decision because he really didn't have anybody else except for Bennett Sousa and people who had been used the day before in Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks. Did Tony speak about going to Tanner Banks right there and the game kind of getting out of hand right after that? Yeah, he didn't really even want to use Sousa. I mean, obviously Sousa came in and pitched, but uh, he didn't really want to use him. Obviously Aaron Bummer wasn't going to pitch after throwing the last two days. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, – I think that you're right. There really weren't many options for him. He said he was only going to use Graveman or Hendricks uh, if there was a chance to win a close game. Um, you know, I, I understand this was the talking point on Twitter throughout the night, but, you know, the, the offense, you know, the offense never was given the chance to get to make up the six runs that Dallas Keuchel gave up until the game was well out of reach. So when you're when your starting pitcher, you know, gives up two runs or six runs in the first two innings, there's really not much more you can say about that. That's a pretty deep hole to put your team in. And, and, and Dallas was, you know, acknowledging that that. You know, the, the, the most frustrating part about this for him is what he foisted upon the rest of his team, what he made the bullpen have to do, that he made the, the defense behind him kind of wear it after he left, right? I mean, he, he two innings, he didn't do very well, and he got to leave. And the, the rest of the team had to stay there and play a four-hour game, uh, you know, and, and get blown out. So, um, yeah, I, I understand bullpen management is always a hot button issue, but you know, it starts, it starts and, and ends in my opinion with, with Dallas, you know, not getting the job done tonight. This is a minor thing. Well, maybe a major thing, but the collision between Jose Abreu and Lurie Garcia, this is the second time we've seen it in two days communication on this team. It's gotta be something with that. These guys gotta be talking about the Tony speak about it, even though it wasn't a necessary thing that cost them the game. It just, to me, that is a, a symptom of a team that's not that good. Yeah, I mean, listen, we talked about it last night, and, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm watching the same game you are, and, and you know, I, I sometimes get the benefit of being able to hear guys call it from the press box sometimes. But, yeah, it seems to me like there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, talking going on, or at least not enough to prevent this kind of thing from happening on a regular basis. You know, I don't know if that, is vastly different than what goes on across major league baseball. I, I really, you know what I mean? I don't watch every inning of every other team's game to know whether that is a common thing or if the white Sox are particularly, um, you know, egregious in, in doing that. But 
you know, it, it seems like it happens a lot. It's a, and it seems like it happens in, in dangerous ways. I mean, you, you saw a, a guy in Jose Abreu who you want to limit the number of, uh, you know, maladies that he has to deal with after what you saw him go through last year. So I, I really think that, you know, they've, they've got to, They've got to shout a little louder. That that seems to be something you learn in Little League. But maybe they are doing it, and, and we're just you know we're just not picking it up. Who knows? Want to go back to Dallas Keuchel? A lot of people are reacting to his bluntness. Um, what leeway do you think he might be referring to himself? Just you know the fact that he is a, a former Cy Young uh, has you know those skins on the wall. Is is that what he's referring to when you when he says leeway? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, listen, the guy got a huge contract for being a, a an immensely accomplished pitcher. Uh, he is a uh, a former Cy Young winner. He's a World Series champion. He's a guy that even in his worst year of his career won his fifth career Gold Glove. Um, he's proven that he knows how to win, and I, and I think that you know if he was pitching even marginally better, you could understand why the White Sox would want to give him the time to figure that out because if he if it clicks for him, you've got a guy who's been to the World Series before and that's where you're trying to go. You want a guy who's going to be able to guide you there. Obviously, the way he's pitching right now, he's not going to be able to do that. And uh, I, I think that, that would I would have to guess that that's what he's referring to. Um, uh, he's a veteran, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a, uh, a guy who when he signed was you know, among, you know, the top class of pitchers in baseball. And then he goes out in 2020 and has a year that puts him in the, in the, near the top of the Cy Young vote. Um, I understand that, that people have made up their minds on him after last year and that's fine. Uh, and this year has been worse. And so you don't have to be an expert to know that he's not getting the job done. Um, I think that when it's quote unquote early, which is another thing people are hearing sick of hearing, um, you can take the time to, to try to get him to figure it out, but it gets less and less early every day. And, and pretty, and it's Memorial day weekend and it's, it's kind of done being early. So uh, I, I think that the white Sox have, um, you know, a decision that's not going to be easy. I know everybody out there watching thinks it's easy, but there's the price tag involved and that's not, that's not good whether you, you know, whether you can afford it or not. But uh, yeah, with the options that this team has right now, and especially once Lance Lynn comes back, it, it, it's, it's looking like the experiment might be coming to an end. It looks like uh, that. It feels like tomorrow would be just a very clean point to break it off with him uh, just because he just pitched, you know, 90-plus pitches or whatever. He won't be available for, for five days or, or somewhat like that. So if you got rid of him, you'd be able to call up a bullpen arm to kind of help this bullpen uh, for this Cub series. Do you think that we would see that move tomorrow, and, and do you think we will see that move tomorrow? I mean, let's put it this way. Last year, when, when things were not going right for him, obviously it was the second half of the season, and, and they had a huge lead in the division, so much different circumstances. But um, I would have said, oh, there's no way, right? I mean, this is Dallas Keigel. It's a guy that you gave a huge free agent contract to. Obviously, I just listed off all the accomplishments. I would say, yeah, there's no way. But the numbers are, are, are grotesque right now. And um, so I, I, I think that there's certainly a possibility that that could happen. I think there would have to be a possibility that that would happen because, you know, they're not, they're not getting much above 500 here. They're not closing that gap with Minnesota, and they've got to start to do that. They have plenty of time to do it, but they got to start doing it. And, um, and, and letting him go out there and, and do these kind of things are, are, are not a way to do that. Speak about how the team never gave up. It was six to nothing. They came back, got close to the uh, 
the Boston Red Sox, and even late, they drew five walks, got 10 hits. Did he talk about just the never-quit attitude the White Sox offense had today? Yeah, he complimented it. I, I, he was pissed, though. I mean, he was pissed like, they lost. You know he, doesn't, what I mean? he, they, he doesn't take, like, moral victories like that. He's like, nah, loss sucked. I mean, yeah, he's, he's willing to compliment it. He, he spoke very highly of Andrew Vaughn, who had a great game. He spoke, you know, he spoke highly of them getting, with, getting to where they did, but I mean, you know, they they were awful today. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, they had some good things, but they they you know they got crushed, and uh, it it's not it's not something that makes anybody happy to talk about. Yeah, and one of the things that kind of made it a little you know convoluted uh, was just the bullpen management. I was wondering if there is any talk about Reynaldo Lopez. People are kind of frustrated; they haven't seen him for three innings, four innings. The max he's gone this year is two innings in an outing. The most max pitches he's thrown on outing this year is twenty nine. He hasn't surpassed thirty pitches this year. Uh, is there a thought, or is there any been uh, been any talk about what the plan with Raylo is now being in this bullpen? Pen roll, like, or is it out of the question to see Reynaldo pitch for three to four innings this year? I don't think it's out of the question. It shouldn't be right, but I think that there's maybe the idea that he's good enough to have a different role, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like they they signed Vince Velasquez with the hope being that he would be the swingman, right? That he would be the long reliever and the guy who provides starting depth if needed. Um, I don't know, you know, obviously he was in the rotation until this week, but uh, you, you've got a guy now who can provide you innings in the bullpen. They had a surprise guy that could provide them innings in the bullpen in Tanner Banks. Obviously he uh, has, has fallen off since a very nice start. But um, I think Reynaldo Lopez has maybe been elevated to the kind of guy that can pitch in more, more critical situations and doesn't just need to go up there and sop up innings, you know, when games go bad like they did tonight. Now he was the first guy out of the bullpen in that very situation tonight, I understand. But um, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with him. I think that they maybe want to be able to use him in, in a different kind of a role than maybe we all predicted just because of that starting pitching background that he has. So um, it does not seem to me at any point this season that he was being viewed by the team as starting pitching depth. We might have viewed him that way, and I think we had reason to, but I think they see him as a different kind of pitcher that can pitch, uh, you know, effective relief, uh, you know, inning or innings uh, in, 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 you know, more critical situations. Man, I don't got anything else for you. It was a <laughs> depressing game. Four hours. You need to go home. I mean, hell, that was way too much for us, and I could not imagine being there for nine hours. Man, I mean, the, the, it's just, it's just, uh, they're bad right now, right? I mean, like the, the, they have that, and and you, you can't even really say that because it's not just loss, 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 right? I mean, they have these high points, these high moments. I mean, heck, they won yesterday. They, they had that great day on Sunday. I mean, but it's just, it's, it's always, it's always one step forward, one step back, or, or, or two steps forward, two steps back. And, um, you know, this series was just, it was, it was watching them just, I mean, come on, they gave up 30-something runs in, in three games. Like, you, you can't do that. And, uh, you know, when, when, the, when the, and the offense is not turned it around yet, now obviously they had some runs tonight, but, you know, in a game where, where it was decided pretty early, um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's concerning if you're, if you're the White Sox. I would have to think that by Memorial Day you thought you'd be doing better. Now, I, we, part of the thing that we talked to Dallas Keuchel about was – you know, asking him about the team in general. He's usually good to, to give some assessments on what's going on in general. And I think the, the thought is, you know, 
Look at that roster. They're so good. They've got the, all this talent. And it's true, right? It's true. But, uh, you know, how, how long are you going to sit around and, and wait for wait for these guys to turn it around? So, um, yeah, I can understand why people are frustrated because watching it, you're like, wow, this is not what we expected. Yeah, we've heard similar things from A.J. Pollock, and it, it's just, you know, at this point, it, it also sounds like they might be pressing a little bit. Uh, it just feels like, it, you know. How could you not they, be? How could yeah. you not be? You know what uh, well, I mean? And, and, and I think you saw you saw one inning there where they took all those walks, and that's fine, and that's on the Boston pitcher too. I mean, right. they have got a nine-run lead, and he's out there walking guys. But <laughs> those that that kind of thing needs to be there throughout the game, right? And and you're seeing way too many one, two, three innings from this offense. You're seeing um, you're you're not seeing the kind of you know it doesn't matter what the score is, we're going to be the same all the time. And, and, you know, we did see that late in the game from guys like Abreu and Grandal who, who drew some walks and, and, and got on base. I mean, it's just it, it, they, they do not look anywhere close to what we thought they were going to look like. And that is surprising. Um, it, and I think by this point in the season, it's surprising. Now, listen, they're going to get Lance Flynn back. They're going to get Aloy Jimenez back. And maybe it's nothing but roses from there. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, right now it's, 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 it's shocking to see this offense doing this so regularly. And then obviously when you can't, you can't have the, the, the pitching do what they did against Boston with the exception of the middle game. We're worried because, you know, we're just everyday kind of fans. When do you think they get worried or already are they worried? Well, here, I mean, I'll tell you this. I, I think a lot of people hear the hear the answers that they give and, and they go, oh, they, uh, you know, they have a vastly different approach. They want to win every game, too. I mean, they get they get just as frustrated when they lose. I mean, I just told you about Tony La Russa, who wouldn't, you know, wouldn't even comment on, you know, Dallas's long term future because he wanted to talk about what happened today you know and he was mad about it obviously he gets his mood is dictated by the results of every game uh you know Rick Hahn has talked so many times about you know being up and where he had from his vantage point during a game when things are going wrong and, and pacing around and swearing and stuff like that these guys these guys aren't you know uh, uh you know they're not lackadaisical over what's going on here and I think uh um to, to ask when do they start to get worried I think they're worried on a daily basis if things don't go right right um, I think that they know what this game is and they know the perspective it takes and, and it is a six-month marathon and we are not even you know uh, a third of the way through it right now so they they have the perspective it doesn't mean they don't have the same emotion and they're just a weird team. Uh, we have I've had this stat: uh, the White Sox record when scoring five or more runs, they're seven and five, which is a win percentage of fifty-eight point three. The MLB record when scoring five or more runs is four hundred and thirteen and a hundred, uh, a win rate of eighty. Uh, right, so they're about you know like twenty percent worse uh, when scoring five runs or more. When scoring uh, four runs or less, they're fifteen and seventeen. That's a win rate of forty-six point eight percent. The MLB record when scoring four runs or less is two hundred forty-one and. 554 for a win rate of 30%. So like they're winning games they shouldn't be and they're losing games honestly. Uh they shouldn't be as well. I mean they scored 7 runs. I mean that's been the big issue with this team is the offense and they score 7 runs today and they they get blown out. <laughs> so it's just it, it's frustrating. Uh final two things I want to hit with you. Uh Yohan Moncada, you uh, had the day off today. Uh well they have the day off tomorrow on Friday. He'll be in the lineup for the Cubs I'm assuming on Saturday. Uh, and then also Josh Harrison is the first position player uh to make the we just talked about this with you. So I just thought we'd bring it up were you surprised to see Josh Harrison be the first uh, position player used as a pitcher I guess and it when he was throwing those warm-up pitches I was like oh boy 
Um, and, and, but, uh, hey, let's put it this way. He gave up two runs, but at least the inning went a little quick, didn't it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he was grabbing and going. Yes, so there you go. All right, and then Yohan Makata back on Saturday, right? I would imagine, yeah. He's not he's not injured. He's just, you know, got the day off today. So, yeah, I would imagine he'll be back on Saturday, yeah. All right, and we will see you on Saturday. You'll be back on Saturday. We have Cubs and Sox on Saturday and Sunday. We'll be doing a pregame show with the CHGO Cubs crew on Saturday and Sunday, and then we'll be doing our own separate postgame. So we'll talk to you on Saturday and Sunday, Vinny. Two teams that will be coming off uh, losses of like a combined like 40 runs or something, right? Yes. <laughs> Whatever it was, what's six minus seven, nine, right? Nine, and then they lost 20 to 15. What's 15 plus nine? That's the, the run 24. differential. Yeah, minus it's 24. 24. You're asking minus me basic addition? Come on, Sean. You can do that. Yeah, can't I can't it? do that. So, you know what? That's why I'm asking you, because you can do that. So, thank you, Vinny, for your math. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> Buy Human Calculator. You can follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. Uh, and uh, another important thing, too, is to... Alex too. 24. Thank you, Alec. Well, he's a, he's an accountant. Maybe though, just so re- replying he, to, like, what the, his favorite show was. Yes. That's... that's <laughs> <laughs> he's a huge Jack Bauer guy. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker you may be wondering what that web content is you get access into the chgo discord uh, that's the chgo lounge you get to chat with all of us chgo personalities when you get a chgo membership you get a free t-shirt so you get to pick out any of our awesome designs from the chgo locker and that exclusive web content you just he- heard from Vinny duber right there the chgo beat writer if you're looking for Vinny duber's game recaps any of the stories the news and notes the little quotes he picks up from these post-game stuff the pre-game stuff all of that is at allchgo.com this is the best way to sign up help support points bet help support chgo download the points bet app use code chgo make a deposit of 50 dollars or more uh, when you make a first-time deposit and you'll receive a free chgo membership online sign up is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds if you have questions you can email points bet at allchgo.com and we will help you out so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-5 4700 Snake Eye says one step forward, two steps back. That's the White Sox. I know. And uh, it is Paul frustrating. Song. Yeah, what's that? That's a Paul Abdul song. That is. And uh, opposites do attract. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's and I think that's why, and we could go now to the other 42. We've been talking about this. Sticky says it. Uh, then we'd be at uh, you know 33%, one forward, one back, still a 500 ball club. Uh, the whole sailing folks is uh, you win 60, you win, uh, you win 60, you lose 60. It's the other 42 that count. Uh, so right now, we're, we're going through the whole edition. They've played 42 games. We can count 14 true wins that they've had. 44 games, right? Oh, 44 games. I don't know how to do math. This is why we need Vinny. Uh, 14 true games that they've won, 14 true games that they've lost, and then about 16 that have been up in the air so far. Uh, this one goes into the loss column easily after being down uh, six to nothing after the second inning. Yeah, two of these Red Sox losses go into that automatic loss column, and then yesterday's victory uh, versus the Red Sox goes in the automatic win column because right. it looked uh, early kind of uh, shaky, but three-run home run, 
holding on to that 3-1 victory was pretty much a win from the fifth inning on. So, yeah, it's getting real, real shaky for the White Sox. Those 42, they're using up a lot of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're and, and they're eight losses on the on the 16 games that they have uh, in that category. So it's very, very frustrating that you should be more like we showed the graphic the other day, more like the 2016 Cubs who only lost one game of the 42, if mm-hmm. we calculated that correctly. They Same. didn't lose a single one. Yeah. They were 42 and 0. Okay, they were 42 and 0. Because they went 103 and 59. Yeah, and so that's what we're holding the White Sox to. I know they're not that. But we're still holding them to a championship standard as the GM wants to. They're not close to it. 22 and 22 is not acceptable for any of you guys out there. And, yes, they're still in striking distance, four and a half games behind the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota! Minnesota! But that's very frustrating. Minnesota! And Tom Paints points out a negative 42 run differential will do that for you. It's really bad. The fact that they are 500 is a miracle. Because they are not scoring a lot of runs. And their p- starting pitching, for the most part, is good. Sands, Dallas, Sands, a couple bad starts by Cease and other people uh, throughout the uh, season. This team should be worse than they are right now. So to be at 22-22 and 22 is a godsend because they haven't hit. I don't know what's going to change. Having Aloy back yeah. is going to be great. Having Lance Lynn back is going to be awesome. Is that going to propel us to the next level? Is that going to propel this team to the next level? I don't think so. It's something's got to happen inside. I thought the the whole fight and the whole Tim Anderson versus Josh Donaldson would be a galvanizing thing for guys to playing for each other and moving forward to be the team that they should be. But they have not come close to that. And maybe, as Jack Schnitz is uh, not pointing out, but he's just saying Minnesota Buxton's, maybe that Buxton home run kind of killed this team. Like it's, I don't know about that. Like That's it's real been, early. It's that destroyed me. Yeah, that home run, just the, the, the just the thought of it keeps on like creeping up <laughs> on me. I'm like, what the fuck did you throw the pitch to uh, well, Byron Buxton? Right with now, a base open. That's just dumb. Right now, the Sox are ten and twelve at home. I bad. feel like that will change. Right, that's bad. Uh, but you know, in the past uh, three years since 2019, uh, they're 110 and 81 at home. That's a win percentage of 57 uh, percent. So I feel like that's going to turn around. Uh, Minnesota also does stink uh, too. Alex Root is right about that. Four and a half games ahead of us. They, they, that's true. But I mean, we we've seen this Sox team like they've they've stunk in very weird ways. When they score a bunch of runs, they lose games. Right, they're blowing games, but that's they also get too. these great. Uh, uh, these, these great Baker. pitching performances. Uh, I, I, I'm not too worried about Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance Lynn will be fine, especially when, with the soft schedule that they have in the second half. Like the, the soft schedule is something that you you can't overlook. The White Sox have the easiest schedule in the second half. They have two games up against the Cubs. You'll be feeling a lot better after these will two I? games against the Cubs. You got Wade Miley on the bump, and you got Keegan Thompson on the bump. I will swear I? to God, if the White Sox will I, Sean. I, I don't Damn know. Keegan Thompson come you know here and throw seven shutout know. innings. I'm guarantee I guarantee it. I guarantee it, man. And then Wade Miley, yeah, we kill lefties, but he's gonna be some crafty garbage like Dick Mountain was the other day and striking all the White Sox out on a Sunday afternoon. And I'm gonna come in here. And I'm gonna be pissed. I'm like, why are you pissed? It's only 45 games into the season or 46 games in the season. I'm like, because we're not good. The White Sox are not good. And Wayne um, from Wisconsin, I saw your comment earlier. We appreciate you listening. We love you, too, as much as you love the show. If you guys are out there listening to the podcast, hey, 
send us a thing at chgo underscore white Sox on twitter and say where you're where you're listening from thank you for listening to our show on this friday morning i know it's been a long day. We've been at this some bitch forever. Twelve oh nine already when we're recording this. Can you believe that, Sean? No, I cannot believe that. It's way past but my bedtime. I cl- my alarm is already gone. My my phone. You can my, see it says says sleep well, Herb. Go your ass to sleep. Mine mine went off at eleven. So I literally I'm, I'm says well there. It. You uh, guys can't see it. It says go your ass to sleep, Herb. Lily Umper says Keegan uh, Thompson is decent. Uh, our guy KPW is finally back. Back. And he says Keegan Daniel Lynch Thompson. I, I'm not worried about that. I'm I'm, I'm definitely be more worried about Keenan Thompson rather than Keegan Thompson. <laughs> uh, we had Cody talking all his shit about Keegan Thompson. And Cody from T- CHGO Cubs? Yeah, from CHGO Cubs. He was talking all his shit about, you know, Keegan Thompson being all this good. And then Tim Anderson took him the other way and hit a home run. I. <laughs> I am not worried about the White Sox versus the Cubs. I, I think that the White Sox, especially Dylan Cease versus the Cubs lineup, he should absolutely eat. This is a Reds team that just got right against the Cubs. This Cubs team is not good. And this is a Red Sox team that is hitting their strides. And I understand that it had, didn't look good for these three games, right? But we can now look back. You went 4-2 against this Red Sox team. You got your ass kicked at home. And those home. two losses. Uh, yeah, but you also, in those two losses, you scored, what, five and seven runs? You scored 12 runs in two games? That's six runs. That's more than any other damn run. That's more than any other game that they're, that they're scoring. I mean, like, this is a brutal team. Uh, they, they're just not scoring runs. But what we've seen over the past couple weeks, or the past couple weeks, it feels like the offense is coming around a little bit. It is, but as high as I was on... Sunday after that victory versus the Yankees, the doubleheader sweep. That's how low I am right now after losing to the Boston Red Sox two out of three. And then those two losses were just ass kickings. How many of these have we had? Like on on Tuesday after that game, we were like, but one, man, one's a Dallas Keuchel ass kicking. Yeah. It's like so how many of it have we you're had? Due, you're owed one of those. Yeah. It's like how many have we had? And that was a lot. And I was like, we could stop having these games where we're a flushing game. We just have one two days later. Right. Yeah, Dallas Keiko sucks. I knew it was going to suck today. Everybody did. So that's up to Rick Hahn to say, I don't want somebody sucking on my mound. <laughs> Step up, Rick Hahn. Step up. Yeah. Instead of talking, instead of, yeah, well, we got a championship. We don't ask me after the parade. What fucking parade? Which one? Bud Billiken, I'll ask you after that one. Because there won't be a championship one unless you start getting actual players in this bitch. The pitchers are, well, Dallas Keuchel is terrible. You need to DFA him immediately. If you're watching, tell whoever you need to tell. Say you hate Herb. Call me on the phone or when I go on the score. (laughs) Teflon, I love your jokes. Do something. I'm tired of this. This is a real team. Look at these people here. Listen to the people who are listening to this podcast right now. There are people listening to a podcast of a 22 and 22 team. A shit team. How? You got to do something. I'm tired of coming here every day, being hopeful, thinking that your vision and your plan was solid. And I'm tired of being, you have an excuse of having not hired Tony LaRussa. That shit is sailed. That ship is sailed. It's done. You need to act now. Yeah. You, Jeremy Haber, Kenny Williams, whoever fuck it is. I don't care who it is. We need to do something better. And I know that you feel the same way that we do because you probably are a harder fan than anybody else. I've seen you at games. You get pissed all the time. Take that pissed off attitude 
and turn it into some action, not garbage like we've had. Well, and the one thing, too, like the excuse for, you know, Tony's not your manager. You won 93 fucking games with him last year. You know, his, 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 his new lineup each and every day, fans hate it, right? You had 153 lineups last year. You still won 93 games, right? So I, that's the frustrating part is that, that there is no excuse. You need to start taking action. You're 100% right about that. We don't need to see Dallas Keuchel start again for the Chicago White Sox. That's pretty clear and evident uh, for most fans out there. But outside of that, I mean... I just got to pre- preach patience. Like, I don't see what other moves can be made. Like, starting pitcher is the one place that needs to be upgraded, but I think the rest of the team is going to be upgraded, and I know White Sox fans hate hearing this, by health, right? You're going to get Eloy back. That's uh, right. But I don't know where else this team can truly upgrade because they don't have pieces. That guy that you're telling to make a better team, to, to put a better team out there, He's got the worst farm system in baseball. Then He's he should, got it. He he did he not did go it. out and spend this offseason. His first signing was Vince Velasquez. He should then he should move aside. If he can't make this team better, hey. he should move aside. The Dallas Keiko thing should be should be in the house. That should already have been done. That is a slam dunk the, of a move that everybody would agree with. Dallas Keiko would even be like, man, you should. I didn't I didn't deserve to be in that team, even though his comments say different. After you DFA him, I'm sure he'd be like, hey, man, give me my $18 million. I'll go somewhere else, and I deserve to be DFA'd. Everybody on the team knows that. And everybody, and I can't believe, I can't imagine going to a game knowing your pitcher's going to give up all those runs. Like, I'm sure White Sox fans or White Sox players were like, yeah, Dallas is going to be all right today. But in their heart of hearts, they knew it wasn't going to be all right. They saw that first, that second pitch to Kike Hernandez. like, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> And then when Trevor Story hits a home run, here we go again. You know, it's still the same thing all the time. I just want difference. I want you to act like you – I mean, I'm sure he cares, but having Dallas Keuchel on the mound for the, what, eighth start this year yeah. with an ADRA, tell him you don't care. Tells me you don't care about winning. I, well, it, it tells to me that they're just trying to skate by. I, I don't know if they don't care, but I think they're just skating by. They're trying to skate and make it to Lance Lynn, right? Yeah, Johnny, is, Johnny Cueto was a flyer. It's always like this, though. It's every year. It's like, we'll get this guy healthy. That's like a trade acquisition. Right. That's the well, dumbest but, but, hey, in the I mean, world. And, that, and that's why. Stop it. That's why this team just made it to their first postseason for the first time ever in back-to-back seasons, right? This is not a championship franchise. This is why we keep seeing loser season after after a loser season. This is why the rebuild hasn't taken off just yet. And, and I mean, the more and more we get into this season, the less and less wins you get, the clearer and clearer that it, this is on Rick Hahn. This is Rick Hahn's failure just as much as it is his success. If this team succeeds and win a world, wins a World Series, it's Rick Hahn's success. If they lose and they don't win a World Series, they're not able to capture a World Series in that long window that they tell you they have, that's Rick Hahn's fault. That's Rick Hahn's failure. And it's going to start here with Dallas Keuchel in 2022. It might go all the way to failures in 2025, but it might be the consistent same mistakes over and over again. And even though this is early into the window, I, I get your concerns because, you know, this guy, we, we know how really tight 
this this front office is. We know how tight this organization is. They don't really like shaking things up near the top. So <laughs> Teflon Han's a, a great nickname for a reason because uh, the guy is, is fairly untouchable in that position. Uh, and, and two, like the one spot, I don't know how you feel about this, Herb, but it really feels like the one position that does need upgrading is that fifth starter. I, I really don't think that there's any other spot that truly needs a desperate upgrade. I think Garcia and Harrison will probably write themselves. I'd like to see maybe a more capable backup outfielder so we don't have to Sheets and Vaughn uh, be the outfielders. But if those two are our DH, I'll be, you know, mostly fine. Uh, where, what do you feel like upgrades need to be made with this team? I just, like, I'm looking, I'm listening to you, and I'm saying we need a second baseman because today, Steve Stone, during the, the broadcast, says, we don't have a consistent second baseman. He's dead on. Josh Harrison and Lurie Garcia is a platoon that is not championship caliber. They're good both at defense, but they can't hit worth a lick. We are doing a platoon in right field until our left fielder comes back. And then a platoon in left field until Eloy comes back, too. And now our center field is gone, so we have to have England center fields. Like, yes, injuries happen to everybody. But we don't have real depth. Like a team that is in a championship caliber or a championship window should have some depth where you can bring up a guy that's giving you replacement level, at minimum, replacement level play. They don't have that right now. So they, I'd say Cueto is good enough. The two starts he's had, he's good enough for a fifth starter. He can do the exact thing I want, yeah. the five innings and four on runs or less. He'll do that in his sleep right now, it looks like. So... Once Lance Lynn comes back, Cueto is my fifth starter, and we stop playing these games with uh, Keiko and then Vince Velasquez in this interim where uh, uh, Lance Lynn has to do three starts down there in Charlotte. You have Vince Velasquez pick up those innings, and you have to DFA uh, Lance, uh, Dallas Keiko. But we don't have a DH, a, so a solid DH. We don't have a solid right fielder, and we do not have a solid second baseman. We don't have a they're not solid and that's the thing is it's basically what Dave's saying right there at least the ones that aren't lifetime utility players I mean that's the thing is it is lifetime utility players you, you don't have a true you know true second baseman but I, I don't know if there is that guy available there out was there. that guy available he's Who? playing for the Boston Red Sox hitting home runs. Trevor but, Story. Yeah, but I mean, even then, they got cute with it. They they made a shortstop a second baseman we with the, that. with the cat with the caveat that they're getting rid of their shortstop next year and Xander Bargarts and not going to pay him and then move that guy to shortstop. So well, it's a could, caveat. We could have did that. We could have did well, the Marcus Tim, Simeon thing. Yeah, but uh, so we couldn't really do that because Tim's not leaving. No, he, Marcus Simeon could have been the second base. I, he's right. playing he, second base he, for he's, the, he's the Rangers. Second base. No, that one's fine, but that, you know you have to pay him. What, you ended up paying one hundred seventy-five million dollars compared to money. stories one hundred fifty. I know, but we we need to lay it out for people out there. I know that that's not our money. I don't give a damn. I was really happy with them just getting rid of Dallas Keuchel's contract and re-signing Carlos Hernan. I don't care about Jerry's money. It's not my no. It's not my money, right? Yeah. You know, I just bet my money on points bet. Uh, but like outside of that, like you know, I it's I, I don't care about that. But and it's even showing us the. Uh, a bad day by uh, Marcus Simeon, but or a bad year by that. Marcus Simeon. I know he's going to rebound. I yeah. know Marcus Simeon is not a guy who's going to hit zero home runs. Well, and go it's look 181, at what two. 86 and 477 yeah, or 36. What was, Manny, what was Manny Machado's first year in San Diego? Go look what he's doing in his third year. Well, and now Fra Francisco Lindor in his first year. He was horrible. He, he was, he's great now in his second year. Bryce Harper won an MVP is in his third year in Philly. Yeah. And, it, and KPW, it's always process or results. The process to sign Marcus Simeon, everybody would have been like, yes, he's having a bad year. And that's bad. But no one's going to say to 
was it Chris Young, who's a former pitcher, who's a GM at yeah. Texas? Like, no one's going to say to Chris Young that was a bad signing. If you do say that, that's that's well, kind of weird. And, it's kind of weird to me because that was a good signing to start a team off on the right foot. Him, Corey Seager, they'll be fine at the end of the year. I think White Sox fans would be mad initially, like, okay, you're not hitting well, but. At the beginning of the year, if we would have signed Marcus Simeon, we would have signed Trevor Story, we would have said that Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinstar put us in the right position to win. Now that player is not doing his job, but you can't fault the GM or the owner for that. Now, with this lackluster offseason, we can fault the GM and the owner because they didn't do a lot. Here's the thing, too. It's like... Looking at this, like Zach fake name saying, if you don't want your owner signing free agency or a bootlicker, knock it off. I agree with that. That that's a hundred percent true. Uh, there was you know a tweet out there saying, "Oh, look at the Rangers. They spent five hundred million dollars uh, on free agents this year, and look at their roster." It's like, do you know what? You can throw money at problems, and they mostly will fix themselves. But also, what the Sox thing is, you know, the Sox haven't fixed any of their issues by throwing money at it. Right? That's been our biggest feel. They've never given a, a contract out over a hundred million dollars. They're not really throwing money at problems. But it also doesn't feel like they're throwing at money to kind of invest in that resource to never make it a problem. You look at St. Louis, St. Louis is always investing in their ball club. They're always improving. They always have, you know, the best farm system. They always have the best coaching staff. And you can just see that they're consistently having a franchise and an organization that consistently wins, that consistently produces their own ball player. And they're not looking for other guys out there or homegrown talent, right? Like they're able to take other people and grow them. And and I just don't see that with the White Sox. I, I, I don't see see that their ability to spend in free agents successfully. I don't see their ability to grow home talent. It really doesn't feel like they have an edge in any market outside of the international free agent market. And that market is, is drying up when they're going into a draft uh, in, the, in the next couple of years. So uh, it, it just, it, it feels bleak, uh, Herb. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I pulled up some possible pitching options. We got to wrap up the show. Uh, Jared Koenig is in the AAA option uh, for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, you got Matt Moore, who's currently with the Rangers. You got... Uh, uh, 85-year-old Matt Moore? Yeah, he's still around. Bruce mm. Zimmerman with the Orioles. Jordan Lyles with the Orioles. Michael Pineda with the Tigers. Ugh. Brady Singer with the Royals. Ugh. Daniel Lynch with the Royals. Ugh. Paul Blackburn with the A's. Ugh. Frankie Montas with the A's. Mm. Jose Quintana with the Pirates. Mm. Wade Miley with the Cubs. Mm. Marcus Stroman with the Cubs. Mm. Tyler Maley with the Reds, mm. Luis Castillo with the Reds, <laughs> Madison Bumgarner with the Diamondbacks, no. No. Merrill Kelly with the Diamondbacks. Maybe. That's it. Doesn't those are those are your options right there. And and I mean, it really felt like the only ones you got up for were Montas, Quintana, and Stroman. You can always give me Q back. He'd be fun to see. Yeah, he's having a decent year too. He is, and and it feels like he's gotten something figured out there. He's working north south with his fastball and, and curveballs. Uh, Alex Root's thrown out Nathan at Uvalde. Uh, he'd be a fun one too, but I don't know. I left the Red Sox off just because they're still somewhat in contending. Uh, I was just looking at the people who are you know outside of contenders. And Joe saying, "Who are you trading though?" Uh, that's the thing. The White Sox have no one to trade. Right? Gavin Sheets was their best trade piece that's going the into problem. the season. Uh, he looks horrible. Jake Berger doesn't have a position. Andrew Vaughn is. Un- untradeable because he's your second best player right now there's no one to trade and that's why you know it really does feel bleak and hopefully you know they can just turn around their own issues and then hopefully the roster themselves can turn around uh their issues and Alex, help, I help like a, a, a halfway you know thing for uh, Merrill Kelly I was like eh, I'm fine but I, before that was uh, Madison Bumgarner so I was still like kind of thinking about him 
Yeah, I mean, K- Kelly's all right. I mean, Kelly's kind of figured stuff out with Brett Strom in Arizona. So, I mean, he might be a guy that, you know, could could be interesting. I like Quintana just because he's, he has a long track record. It'd be fun to see, you know, if they, they're sick of Brady Singer, though. And that's part I, I'd love to see Brady not, Singer. Not. That's the part of the the actual part that hurts me the most. We're in the championship window. Like, if we were just a sucky team where we could throw this season away, we could do like the Yankees did that year where they just threw it away and yeah, traded a bunch of people and then got right back into competing. Yeah. Like, immediately. But we can't do that. We don't have a farm system. We're not the Dodgers. We're not the Padres. We're not other teams who I, stock their major league team and still have people left in their minor league club to supplement the pieces they need on the major league st- staff. Because you see that with the Padres. You see that with the Dodgers. So, you know, we're supposed to be competing with these teams for the World Series. We're not close to that. Right. Not even in that same neighborhood. We're more in the Pittsburgh and the more in the Cincinnati, Baltimore place yeah i mean i I don't disagree with you there uh jack schnitz saying uh isn't there anyone dumber than us uh rex smith saying this team is so tiring uh this team is tiring we're through 44 games they're 22 and 22 second in the al central uh but for the most part i don't want to preach too much negativity here because there are still 122 games damn math sean 100 100 been gone 116 And I'm not the math guy either. God damn it. Now I'm going to do it. There's still over 100 games. Alex Rude, do it They have the softest schedule out there. They still can add to this team. 118. They will get healthier. Thank you. 118 games left. I I just... Be patient, right? We we don't need to end the season right now because it does end in October, right? So let's just wait. You'd have the Cubs coming up. Let's see if they can win two this weekend against the Cubs. Then this the schedule gets a little bit more easier once you get past June like 16th, right? And then past June 16th, you should win every single game and they should sweep every single series, all right? And if they don't, then this team is a failure. Uh, but I've had about enough for tonight. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer on Twitter at Vinny Duber. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We were produced today by Steven Nicholas. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everybody for hanging out in our live chat, and we appreciate all of our podcast listeners who are listening to us the day after. We will see you on Saturday for a Cubs Sox pregame. We will also have a post game for you as well, and on Sunday we'll have a pre and post as well with the CHGO Cubs crew, but for Herb Lawrence, Vinny Duber, Stephen Nicholas, I'm Sean Anderson. We will talk to you on Saturday and unfortunately go Sox.